0: Go to shopify.com income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in.
1: Hey everyone, Tim Wright here along with Dr. Michael Gurian episode 173. Wow, that's great. And uh, this is the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And Michael, so good to have you with us.
2: Oh, thanks, Tim. You too.
1: And it's good to have all of you listening. And a special shout out to all of you lately who've been joining our Wonder of Parenting Facebook page. Uh, Every day we're adding new people to that and encourage you if you've not joined our Wonder of Parenting Facebook page to head on over there Uh, and uh, just uh, go to Facebook and search Wonder Parenting, hit join, I'll let you in as soon as I get that notification. And uh, in the next couple of weeks, Michael and I are thinking we might do just a Wonder of Parenting live so you can see us podcast on that page, that page only. So you wanna join us there, uh, we'll let you know. But if you haven't joined the page, we encourage you to do that. Uh, Michael, tell us a little bit about the Forge School before we dive into our topic for today.
2: Yes. One of our sponsors, uh, Ford School in Benton, Tennessee, out in a rural area, right by a river, uh, beautiful facility, a great staff. It's for 14 to 17 year old boys. It's residential treatment. So it's uh, what they call short term residential treatment, anywhere between six weeks, two months in that period. And these are boys that would be having issues, having issues in school and family life who need extra help. Um and so the Forge School is a, a great place to look at. If people go to wonderofparenting.com and click the Forge link, it then opens to a, a great website. Uh,
1: our other sponsor is Dr. Greg Jantz and the great folks up there at the center of A Place of Hope in the Seattle area. And um, if you ever have any kind of ongoing issues, um, they're a great place to start. They've got good book resources. They, have of course, got a great clinic there. Uh, one of the top in the country. And you can find out more about them, the center place of hope at wonder of parenting.com, wonder uh, So the way that we get questions, and most of our podcasts are about your questions, is people either go to com and they fill in the uh, the question form. Or increasingly, people are posting great questions on the Wonder of Parenting page on Facebook. And a number of people are parents respond with great information. And then what I do is I go through those and just see what seems to be really important, what's hitting for people. And uh, so here's a good question. Uh, And uh, this one comes up quite often, I think, uh, around uh, sports aggression, video games aggression but it's a really good question to talk about again and again, because there's so much confusion around it. Uh, here's the question. I'm so interested in your opinion on aggression and sports. My son is four and just started soccer and many of the parents and even officials are really hard on the kids, especially the boys for any kind of aggression shown on the field. It's never malicious. At least I don't think so. And at least for my son, he just seems totally focused on getting the ball in the goal and doing what you need to do to get it in there. Whether that may be getting, uh, whether that be getting uh, by someone using your shoulders or using your body as much as you need to, to get by and to get to the goal. A mom even screamed at me today because my son ran into her daughter a bit too hard during the game and accidentally knocked her over. I guess I just feel like sports should be a natural outlet for aggression. And our boys seem to be deprived or being deprived of any outlet. It's like when they are kids and we don't want them to be aggressive at all, but hope it somehow shows up later in life when they are older athletes. Am I crazy? That is, (laughs) there is so much good stuff in that question.
2: Yeah.
1: My goodness. First of all, we could do a whole podcast and we'll touch on this. On crazy sports parents, right? <laughs> right. Crazy sports parents. Um, but all books have been with, written about that. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with what you've got, Michael, your initial observations.
2: Yeah. Well, first she says, Am I crazy? And I wish you want to reassure her she's not crazy. No, and not at all. And even though she said it tongue in cheek, I still want to reassure her, no, you're not crazy. Uh on two things, you're not crazy. One thing is noticing how how uh sports work and what they are, and they are outlets yep. for aggression. And, and if people don't want their child to fall over, then right, they shouldn't put their child in sports. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm not trying to be mean to that other person. But you know, I, I you and I both had kids in sports, I coached both my girls in soccer. Uh, I always told them, you're going to get knocked over, you're going to get dirty. Uh, your knees are going to get, you know, that's what sports are. So, so I don't think she's crazy there at all. That's what sports are. I will talk about the aggression versus violence thing in a moment, but she's not crazy there. The other thing she's not crazy about is that, um, people are very hard, especially on boys in sports these days. And we Mm -hmm. are going through a time in our, in our, uh, social emotional development strategies, let's say as a society where, where people, uh, are thinking that if a child is aggressive, they're being violent. Right, and we've talked about that. That aggression and violence are not the same thing. And aggression, sports uses aggression nurturance. So uh, we've talked about that term. That's where people uh, nurture each other through aggression, and they use the aggression game, which a sport is, like soccer. They use that to nurture uh, the the nature of the other children. So they're actually nurturing while they're being aggressive. And they're building Mm -hmm. resilience, they're building helping people build boundaries, they're helping people build strength, character, you know, all these things that are being built through aggression. But aggression is not violence. Violence is what we we don't want. And as she says, none of this is malicious. So if it were bullying, it would be in the category of violence. And part of the problem I think we have as a society is we use the word aggression for everything, uh, not distinguishing aggression and violence. And so in the minds of those other people, uh, there isn't anything called aggression nurturance, right? It's all violent. If the child bumps into the other child and the parent doesn't like how much bump there was, it's violent, but it's not, it's not, it's aggression nurturance. So there's nothing wrong with coaches and with parents uh, and with any, you know, stakeholder in the sport to say to the child, okay, okay. That one thing you did, you know, you pushed too hard or next time do it this way. Uh, but to yell and scream at the child for trying to get the ball and knocking someone over, uh, you know, I don't think it's appropriate. I think it's a misunderstanding on the part of these other people of, of what a sport is and what aggression nurturance is.
1: Obviously there are going to be boundaries depending on how old the kids are, right? So as the kids get older and they're able to handle more, you expect more out of them and mm-hmm. i think probably every parent is troubled if you've got a 4-year-old kid being coached by a guy who thinks that these are professional athletes right right and there are those coaches out there uh but at the same time we we have seemingly become a bit hyperactive uh or h- hypersensitive to um the aggression which you've been talking about um and i'm i'm wondering if and this is a bit tangential to the question Increasingly, there has been a push to get girls into boys sports. Not boys into girls sports, but girls into Mm -hmm. boys sports. And it comes under the heading that there's no difference between males and females. And yet, if a male hits a woman or a girl in a sport, more often than not, he's going to cause more damage than if she hits him. Mm -hmm. Is there a point where you say... Okay, once they reach a certain age or a certain kind of sport, they really got to separate boys from girls.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great question. You know, at at four year at four years old, mm-hmm. the the testosterone advantage, which is a not just a biochemical advantage, but it's also a physiologic advantage, the testosterone advantage it, it isn't that operative. It's still right. it's still a little operative, but it's not that operative. It becomes operative at pre puberty. So in terms of finishing, you know, ending. Uh, talking about the last thing first is I would say nine to 10 is when you're going to, you're going to start saying, okay, watch out because yep. the males start getting this advantage. Their bones get bigger, their muscles get bigger, you know, it's so on. Um, but at four, you know, it's fine for boys and girls to play together. The parents just have to know that, Hey, boys and girls are not set up quite the same way. And, um, and I liked, I liked my four-year-old girls playing with boys. I I liked, I like the using it as biological markers and sort of saying, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm not going to really pay attention to the separate separation until nine or ten for these reasons, and let's see, you know, let's see what happens. Let's have them playing in there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May seventeenth. Do you want to tell people the big news? And as, as listeners may know, I I only have two daughters. So it was my daughters playing with boys. Um, and so I think it was great for them. And I, when there was a really big boy and, you know, it's possible, she doesn't say it, but it's possible this four-year-old boy is just a little bit bigger, you know, than the other four-year-olds in her story. Right. And a little bit, maybe a lot bigger than that girl was. And so, so, you know, I just had to warn them, okay, if you're going to play with the boys. Right. And especially look at those big guys, you know, you have to decide if you go over there to, to, to try to get a ball from them, which I encourage you to do, because that's what the sport's about. Uh, you gotta be ready to fall over. Cause that's a really big guy, you know? And so to kind of, kind of talk to them about it so that they're ready for it. Uh, I think that's, that's good. I mean, I think the female empowerment movement and the girls empowerment movement has been, has been good at, trying to get girls into boys sports, especially in these early years. And I think it's okay, but we just have to be honest about the biology and then we can't overreact to the male biology. Um, and, and we have to use it for why we are doing it with our girls, which is to empower them. So that means they can't be a victim. They can't whine. You know, if the guy does something wrong, then yeah, we're going to correct it. But if you're both going for a ball and he knocks you over, honey, you know, darn it. I know that hurt, but, That's the sport. And I think that's a better way to approach girls empowerment rather than saying, we're going to put girls in those sports with those guys because we want to empower them. But when something happens to them, we're not going to let them be empowered. We're going to run in there and go after that boy. That's not girls empowerment to me. I'd rather the girl had to handle it and get empowered.
1: Yeah. And I I think, you know, when I hear stories of say the the ninth grade or 10th grade girl who is now the kicker for the football team. And I'm thinking about that moment when three or four guys who weigh 200 pounds get through the line and tackle her. That's just not a winning combination for anybody. At some point, you're right. We have to think through not only empowering our daughters, but also making sure that we're empowering them in ways that keep them safe. and you know it's just such a difference in the body and we we don't really take that seriously all the time and again we don't try to get boys into the girls volleyball team
2: no that would be considered that would be considered terrible i mean that is that's the the era we live in and we understand why we live in that era i mean you and i both raise girls we know that girls empowerment is important we know that there have been um that For hundreds of years, probably a couple thousand at least years, girls were sort of second class. They weren't allowed in to stuff. And so so it's a good cultural experiment. It's a good part of our culture that we're empowering our daughters and giving her these opportunities. But. But you know, we, we, we got to nurture the nature, and it's yeah. always most important to figure out what is the nature here and nurture that. And yeah, with when I think to, to a great extent that will take care of itself. I mean, there's going to be some girls who, you know, very few girls, as you know, are doing that, right? In football, right. football is still very much a male sport, as it should stay. Yeah. Uh, at least male and male football should. So. I mean, girls' football teams fine if they want to do that, but right. when you've got that much aggression going on and it's a necessity, then I think very few girls are going to do it. And and the first time one girl gets, you know, terribly, terribly hurt, I mm-hmm. think a lot of parents are going to say, or most parents are going to say, no. Uh, all all social justice stuff aside, you know, there's nature involved here, and we're going to avoid yeah. our daughter getting hurt in that. Yeah.
1: And I, I can't help but think too, and then we'll get off this that it's probably dangerous for the boys as well because they know the size advantage they have. And if they're playing with full on aggression and there's a girl there and they know they're going to really hurt her, they're going to pull back and possibly injure themselves as well. So there's just so many things yeah. we need to think through on this. Uh, yeah, we, yeah had go ahead. You have a comment? we had it with yeah. wrestling. Yes. I remember yes. a
2: case that came to me. Someone asked for my help. It's been a few years ago now, but where, where the girls were going to start wrestling with the boys in high school. And, and they asked me for like my expert advice on this. And I said, absolutely not. You know, that's not the, and, and and not for, uh, it's really creates, it creates a physical disadvantage, of course, for the girl, she has a physiologic right. disadvantage, but for the boy, he's not going to want to grab her. He's going to accidentally grab a boob. He thinks that's wrong. You know, I mean, it's too, way too confusing, especially yeah. for adolescents, you know, who are hormonal. And I, it just, I just, it was a head shaker to me that that school district was going to do that. And, but I know somewhere it's still going on. Someone's still yeah. doing girls and boys wrestling. And what they have to realize is if they're doing that, then, then they are sacrificing the sport and they're sacrificing the all that nurturance and development that they could give these boys through a boy, you know, male male sport. They're sacrificing that for a political reason. And it's a it's a kind of a political correctness thing to get girls into that. Uh, I would just like to see people choose more carefully uh, and think about the guys. It's not bad to also think about the guys, as you're right. saying.
1: Right. And all of this really, even though it seems like a little bit of a tangent, has to do with how sports work, particular sports, right? There are some sports right. that they're not necessarily aggression-based. They're always about winning, but they're not necessarily aggression-based. Baseball isn't the same as football, mm-hmm. which you know is different than soccer or hockey, whatever. Um, and, and I want to come back to the aggression-nurturance thing, because I think this is such a key point that we want to talk about over and over again, aggression, nurturance, there are other ways to nurture. So can you sort of take aggression, nurturance, and then sort of compare it to the other form of nurturance that you like to talk about?
2: Yeah, empathy, nurturance, yeah. Yes. Um, yes, and folks can get more on this in like Saving Our Sons. I do a lot with yeah. it. Um, and and I just saw a movie that in a way cap- encapsulates some of this, and I, I really recommend it to all our, our listeners. It's called King Richard, Will Smith Plays the Father, richard williams the father of serena and venus williams right and it just came out and i was really hungry to see it because i love tennis and i also am just so fascinated by that story um and by them right they're brilliant tennis players and so mm-hmm. and if people watch it they'll see why i'm bringing it up here because this richard who is the father and who people may know he he was a character and he is a character and people may have complaints about him but he absolutely believed in these two girls And he had five daughters and all his daughters, but for tennis, these two girls and he he nurtured them mainly through aggression, nurturance and some empathy, nurturance. And then the mom uh, or scene, she's a really neat character in this story. She uses mainly empathy, nurturance, but some aggression, nurturance. Okay, and it's very common. To see males and females divide this up, and we call it bi-strategic, and there's a lot of research, and it's in Saving Our Sons, on why this happens. And obviously, testosterone is one reason that males tend to nurture through aggression and with aggression because testosterone is an aggression chemical, and males have 10 to 20 times more of this aggression chemical uh, in all of their cells. Cells than do females. Right. So, right. So of course, males are going to tend more toward aggression, and nurturance, which is, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to push you. If you fall, I, I'm not very empathic to it. You know, it's a sport, get up, you know, fight through it because my job is to help you to build your skill, uh, uh to build your resilience and to build your boundaries. And that's, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't, it's not really my job to make sure you feel okay all the time. Uh, right. Cause the sport, you're going to feel okay when you win, or you're going to feel okay when you succeed. And, um, like in this movie, you know, those girls don't win all the time. Do you feel like, feel okay. They feel good because they succeeded at that skill in at what they were trying to do. So that's really aggression, nurturance, a lot of challenge, a lot of that empathy, nurturance um, is a more direct, you are hurting. And I am going to come and hug you or say, I'm sorry for your hurt, or touch you and, and give you a bandaid or, you know, do anything I can to help you feel better, because I can see your pain. And part of why we tend to see this as by strategic as more female, even though females can be very aggressive. But Part of why when we look at in an aggregate terms or statistical terms, you see more moms doing pure empathy nurturance is because of oxytocin. It's a bonding chemical and women flood with oxytocin, especially when they they are stressed and when their child is hurting, they are stressed. And also because of mirror neurons in the insula and the insula is a part of the brain that creates our mirror neurons. Females hold on to their mirror neurons for longer than males, uh, and specifically because testosterone cells mitigate those mirror neurons and mitigate the oxytocin cells. So females keep the oxytocin cells and the mirror neurons, and they see their child is hurt or someone's hurt, and they want to tend and befriend. And that's what oxytocin is, a tend and befriend chemical. So you tend to see more direct empathy nurturance uh, from moms Uh, even though there's crossover between moms and dads, but you tend to see more from moms. We call it more maternal nurturance and you tend Mm -hmm. to see more paternal nurturance or aggression nurturance from dads. And if you expand that out to the society, you can start seeing it. You can look at sports and you can say, huh, yeah, sports are gonna tend toward more aggression nurturance. Uh, Absolutely, they're set up to be skill building. They're set up as challenge. They're set up for competition. um, And your purpose is in succeeding. Your purpose is not in feeling better right? So, so they're going to tend more toward aggression, nurturance, whereas other things like those, those wonderful moments that parents have with their kids that are all about empathy, where the child talks about something that happened during that day and is sad. And the parent is so empathic. Yeah. You don't need aggression, nurturance there. That's empathy nurturance. Um, mm-hmm. so th- those are kind of how I divide them up.
1: Yeah. And it, it's really helpful because we need both, right? We, we do we need, we need the, uh, the resilience that, Uh, that uh, aggression, nurturance can build. We need the capacity to be caring human beings that empathy can create in us. We, We need both of those. But your point is, the purpose of sports is not to build empathy in you. It's to build this sense of resilience and skills and so on.
0: Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft made to last shop now at Hannahanderson.com.
1: Talk a bit about, cause I want to make sure we hear this, the difference between aggression and violence.
2: Okay. Yeah, so aggression is is I'm challenging you. Uh we are challenging each other, but we're not trying to destroy the core self of the other person. Violence, like bullying is violence. Uh obviously shooting someone and killing someone is violence. Uh I'm trying to to destroy your core self. Or I have accidentally, if I've accidentally shot you, I've accidentally destroyed your core self. You're you're dead. So so violence is destruction of that other person, that other person's core self. Uh, In psych terms. So that really can include all bullying and anything that's violent. Um, War is inherently violent. It is. Um, But we think of war as not normal human behavior. We compartmentalize war because wars are fought and require violence. Uh, uh, but they're being fought for a higher purpose. At least we sure hope they are. They're being fought for a higher purpose to protect resources or territory or family, uh, etc. cetera. Um, but they go in the category of violence, even though inside the tent of the soldiers and when they those five soldiers or whatever it is, the company goes out to fight, they're actually using a lot of aggression nurturance with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in a violent activity, but they're using a lot of aggression nurturance uh, to, to help each other be resilient and to succeed. Uh, so, so that's all violence. Um, uh, where I'm trying to destroy you, and bullying and cyberbullying is violence. I'm trying to destroy you. I show a naked picture of you online, and I say, make it a meme, and I say really mean things to you because I want to drive you to suicide. I, I want to destroy you. So that's all violence. But uh, aggression is is actually quite nurturing. And, uh, aggression is I'm going to challenge you and we do need both. And in fact, when a society decides against one or the other, I don't Mm -hmm. think it does as well. If a if a society or a family or a social system or a school decides we're going to have no empathy nurturance, okay, that's a big mistake because the human brain needs that empathy and it needs the processing of, of, the emotions from the hurt it felt, but at the same time, if we try to create a society that in which we try to destroy or deny aggression nurturance or call all aggression violence or n- most aggression violence and therefore try to stop it, the place where we will not succeed is we will not raise resilient, mature young adults. Because without aggression nurturance, you don't get maturity, full maturity, and you don't get resilience. So we want both. And we want multiple strategies. We don't want to be told there's only one way to do it. And that one way is uh, I got to make you feel better all the time.
1: Which brings us back to the question that this mom has. So she, so here's this particular mom. She's got a four-year-old boy. She believes that sports should be aggressive. Now he's four, right? So you're not going out. He's not knocking heads off, but he's He's going to bump people people, though. Yeah. right. Right. And and he's being told the point of this game is to get the ball into the net. So you do got to do things, uh, be a bit aggressive to get the ball into the net. So to, so, what's your recommendation for her in this setting? To try I, to talk to people or she should find a different league?
2: Uh, no, no, no. First, I would talk to people. I mean, I, and I think also the concept of teaching moments, uh, helping this boy to distinguish the moment when he crossed the line Mm -hmm. because, because he's four, he's probably big. He also has to be aware of his surroundings, aware of the other people who are there, you know, aware of the fact that maybe that's a really tiny girl over here, or she's a scared girl or something. I, I don't know. But if her mom screamed, then, you know, in defense of her mom, something happened in her mom's brain, which was, Oh my God, my child is being hurt. I have to protect my child. So, so everyone gets to protect their child and everyone gets to have teaching moments. And so I think that, This, our mom who wrote us should have teaching moments uh, and get the dad involved too with her son and say, okay, you know, you did great here, here, but here's where you crossed over. Um, You should have looked up and you can't use your elbow to knock that girl over. That's actually incorrect in soccer. You can't do that. You know, that's a teaching moment. And then for the mom of the the girl or this other child who got hurt, it's a teaching moment um, to say to her, you know, if, if you really, really feel that this is going to hurt you, then stay away from that person, you know, for now, until you get bigger. Uh, do this another way. See if you can get a pass from someone. Maybe you don't have to go right into that guy because he's so, so big, you know, so use teaching moments with both the kids. Um, uh, because I have to say that I had, my daughters were little, especially one of my daughters were little and she would get knocked down a lot. And I felt just what that other mom felt, where I just sure. wanted to scream at the other kid, but then I had to stop myself, you know, and go, wait, Oh, it's a sport. So teaching moments that I think is the key
1: well and and uh to my second suggestion there are leagues sounds like that's what they're in mm-hmm. right now where it's it's really not about aggression nurturance it's about kids just having fun learning some of the skills if that doesn't work then maybe they do want to look at something that's a bit more boy friendly mm-hmm. for lack of a better word um and i uh you know i i too my my brother and i we coached little league when our kids were small and they were boys and girls in the group and and um you know at that point it wasn't about winning right it was about teaching skills how to hit the ball how to field so we didn't keep score everybody got to bat nobody struck out um but there were some times when there was a little bit of a aggression in even t-ball you know it's running toward the ball it's throwing the ball um but i look at my my grandson now who's on a football team and it's just interesting to watch the way that parents get over-involved in the game that is made up of 10-year-olds. And sometimes the problem isn't the kids. The problem is the parents. You've got the one parent who just wants her child to have fun and learn some skills. You've got the other parent who thinks that this is the way that his 10-year-old is going to get to the NFL. Right. And those things collide. And, uh, you know, what's the best way for parents to sort of work through and find the place for their child to be,
2: you know, it strikes me that this would be a neat podcast to do a, a whole podcast on the question you just raised, because people ask me about this quite a bit about parents and sports parents, you know, we call it sports okay. parents. Do you think we ought to do a whole,
1: let's do it. That's going to be our next podcast. Let's do it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you got to come back, everybody. We're uh, going to do uh, sports parents next week and if you're one of those parents you better tune well and we're not going to be
2: critical of parents we're going to talk about the whole array of what parents what we as parents because i'm a parent tim's a parent what we as parents are trying to get out of our kids sports and that whole relationship it's a pretty sacred deep relationship that happens uh between parents and kids who are in sports
1: yeah good all right that's a great idea we will do that for the very next podcast which michael and i are going to do in 10 minutes but for Ah! you it'll be a week (laughs) you okay. got to wait at least a week. Um, Michael, thank you. This is really interesting stuff. And um, the, I think this aggression, nurturance versus empathy, nurturance is so very, very important to keep in balance. And our kids need both yep. in order to be well-functioning adults. And uh, one of the great gifts that sports brings is it can bring some empathy, right? But the main oh, yeah. point is aggression, both. nurturance, yep. right? Because yep. you've got to mm-hmm. learn how to lose. Yep. Uh, you got to learn how to win. And uh, all of that plays into it as well. Okay, Michael, I think this is a great idea. We'll talk about sports parents next week. Uh, Michael, thanks again. Good stuff. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everyone. And thank you all for listening to the Wonder of Parenting podcast. We will be back with you next week. And you already know what we're talking about. See you then. (laughs)